Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. In Durban, thank you to our worship team for that amazing worship. There are some excited people in the room this morning. And, uh, and that's because there is much to be excited about because the seeming devastation of the crucifixion was actually trumped by a resurrected Messiah and an empty grave. So there is a lot to be celebrating this morning. And you know, Resurrection Sunday is just that. It's a, it's a day that some give notable attention to, to that beautiful resurrection moment. And, um, and for those of us who know and understand that, we celebrate and we recognize that it was a, an incredible time in history. And it seems fitting to me, guys, that we would be ending our six-week series on Resurrection Sunday. And uh, why, you might ask, why is it fitting that we are ending our six-week series on Resurrection Sunday? Well, because today I'm going to be unpacking our final word, and that is fruitful to impact. And who left a bigger impact in the earth other than Yeshua? Jesus is the one who left the greatest impact on the world, on humanity, and I think it's only fitting that we end our six-week series just focusing in on that. And um, I want you to just take a moment right now, wherever you are, if you're at home with some friends or maybe you're with your family, um, if you're on your own, I want you to quickly send a text message, but I want you just to think of somebody right now who you can just say, The tomb is empty. He is risen. If you need to put it in the chat section, but let's just lift up that truth that Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. And all these thousands of years later, we are still living in the victory of that and celebrating that moment. So won't you do that? Turn to somebody next to you. If you're in the room here, tell them happy resurrection Sunday. The tomb is empty. He is risen. (laughs) Cool. Well, you know what, guys, throughout this series, we have been referencing this example. Um, it's been quite a humorous example of geese flying in a V formation. We've had a couple of Hong Kongs going on um, during the week. So if you want to put a Hong Kong in the chat, you can do that. Um, but we've been looking at how when geese fly in a V formation, they can actually go 70 percent further. And that's remarkable because we've been looking at how that correlates with us as a, as a company of people, how when we are in a V formation ourselves, how we can reach our vision, our V formation, our vision formation, and the picture should come up on the screen of how we can actually reach our goal, our, 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 um, what we've given ourselves to, to be a healthy church that starts healthy churches. And that's with those two arms, the one arm of being faithful, faithful to connect, faithful to grow, faithful to serve, and fruitful, fruitful in reaching, discipling, and leaving an impact. And as Every Nation Durban, if you say you're a part of Every Nation Durban, Every Nation Durban's my church, well then people, this is our culture, this is how we march. Every single one of us, every single day, looking at how we can be faithful and fruitful so that we can actually accomplish the vision of being a healthy church that just overflows and starts other healthy churches. Amen. Right. 
Well, I think most of us would agree that Yeshua, Jesus, truly did live the greatest and most fruitful life of impact ever. There is, there is no competition to that in my regard, in my books, that God's entry into humanity in the person of Jesus changed us forever. You know, wherever he went, whatever he did, whoever he encountered, there was an impact. Whether he was in a one-on-one encounter with somebody, if he was gathering 12 together and discipling and imparting to them, whether he was commissioning 72 and sending them out, or even talking to crowds of thousands, there was always a trail of significant repercussions that came about as a result of that. You know, what did we see? We see that wherever he went, sick people were healed. The downcast were encouraged. The afflicted were delivered. The dead were brought back to life. Those needing provision found it. Those needing wisdom found it. The list goes on and on and on. Jesus was fruitful in reaching, in discipling, and he was surely fruitful in leaving an impact. Jesus, my friends, is the standard of leaving an impact in the earth. Jesus is our benchmark. He is your benchmark. He is my benchmark about leaving an impact in the earth. When we think about somebody who's left an impact and we think, oh, you know what, I'd really like to leave an impact like that person, every single one of us, if we are a Christian, we should be setting our eyes on Jesus and saying, I want to be like him. But ish, Trish, that's a bit of a high standard, don't you think? Don't you think you're just putting it a little bit too far out of reach? What about someone who was maybe just like not God in the flesh? You know, what about somebody who was just like really good and did a lot of great stuff on the earth? Can't we look at them and just, that just seems like an easier gap to kind of match. But let's look at the word, guys. Let's look at the word because that's what we base our truth on. Galatians 2.20, Paul says this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My friends, if you can believe in the power of Christ for your salvation and for resurrection, then you should equally be able to believe in the power of Christ to work in you to accomplish his work and his will through you. Let me say that again. If you can believe, if you can have the faith that the the power of Christ can save you from your sins and restore you into relationship with a heavenly, holy God, And you can believe that the power of Christ in you will raise your dead body when the breath of life is no longer within it. Then you should equally be able to have the faith to believe that the power of Christ in you can transform you and change you and accomplish his will through you. Amen. My prayer, guys, is that throughout this message, you would see the resurrected life of Christ himself within you. 
that you would, you would see the power of the resurrected Christ dwelling within you through the power of the Holy Spirit and it would cause you to rise up out of your grave, your grave of doubt, your grave of fear, your grave of insignificance or laziness or compromise or self-centeredness. Fill in your own blank there. But my faith is that you would be inspired to see the power of a resurrected Messiah causing you to rise up out of the grave that is trying to keep you in bondage and entrapment so that you can have faith to leave the lasting mark of impact that you were designed to leave on the face of this earth. Jesus is the standard, but he's not the standard that we aim to try and reach by striving. No, he's the standard that we allow him to live in and through us. We allow his standard, we allow his power, we allow who he is to be so strong and incredible within us. It can't but overflow with us living out the standard of Christ every day of our lives. In John 4.34, Jesus says this. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I was reading Randy Alcorn's thoughts around this, and and he reflected and he said, our food not only keeps us alive, but it brings us pleasure. What is Christ's food? What is Christ's source of happiness? It's to accomplish his Father's will. Christ wants us, like him, to walk in spirit-empowered obedience to God's will, knowing that what brings him glory will bring us lasting satisfaction. Guys, if you need more joy in your life, if you need satisfaction that is not fleeting, not temporal, but complete and deep and rich, well then I have got some really, really good news for you today. Because Jesus rose up from that grave, he ascended to heaven so that the Holy Spirit could come and empower you to walk out the good works that God predestined you to walk in. You were designed by the creator of all things to leave a powerful and lasting impact on the earth. And you know what? It feels so good when you live that daily. And that's the invitation. Our invitation, our food, our satisfaction, what nourishes us is to do the will of the one who sent us. You are not here by accident. You are not listening to this message by chance. There is a God in heaven who knows you. He created you. He formed you. He thought out every detail about you. And he knows that there are certain things that he has anointed you and you alone to do in this earth. And that's when we see lasting impact, when we each get that revelation that Christ in us empowers us to do such things. When the life of God is within you, when your mind is bound to the mind of Christ, when you know your place in the universe, your place in the universe is to know yourself as a servant and a friend, servant of the Most High, Friend of the Most High. When you know yourself as the servant friend, when the love of the Father 
the companionship of the Holy Spirit, I mean the companionship of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit are within you, when that is what defines you on a daily basis, when you find that, that synchronicity, it's like puzzle pieces coming together, when you find that alignment, that's when you realize that the impact that you're created for is happening every single day and you were designed to do it. There's a life song that each sing, every single one of us needs to sing over ourselves every day and it goes like this. It is no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives within me. If all of us embrace that, if every single one of us in the earth today, every person who called themselves a Christian had that life song, it is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ who lives within me. Do you know what would happen? The world would get a whole lot brighter because darkness would be fleeing left, right and center. I don't know about you, but I want to see the light of God shining through the church, through his body, through every single person that he has redeemed and put his precious blood on the line for. I want to see the light of God shining through every man, woman and child who's created in his image, who knows him by name and he's known by him. And I want to see that because that is what brings impact into the world. But you know what? There's a whole lot of background noise that goes on. And it tries to drown out this life song, this life song that we actually want to sing over ourselves. And I want to tell you today, if, if the background noise over you is saying you can't do it, you've got to let your life song sing. It's no longer I that lives. It's Christ who lives within me. If the background noise says you don't have time to do the biblical foundations course or the church members course or the disciple makers course, let your life song sing. It's no longer I that lives. It's Christ who lives within me. If the background noise says, oh, but I'm shy and I'm an introvert. I, I can't reach out to others. Your life song's got to sing. It's no longer I that lives. It's Christ who lives within me. When the background noise says, I've got my own stuff going on. I can't disciple someone else. Your life song sings. It's no longer I that lives. It's Christ who lives within me. If the background noise is telling you that that person doesn't deserve your forgiveness, your life song sings. It's no longer I that lives. It's Christ who lives within me. And you know what? It might require something of you. It might require a submission, a yielding to, a dying to something. But it might even sometimes feel like a yoke, but it's not a burdensome yoke. You know, the reality is that, that Jesus has a yoke for each one of us, but he promises us that that yoke is easy, that yoke is light. It's not burdensome. It's not weighing us down. It actually fits us really well. And the impact that you are called to make doesn't weigh you down. It actually lifts up your spirits and it sets you up to to cut away all the things that would try and, and hold you back and pull you down. Things like anxiety and fear and disappointments from the past or unforgiveness. You know, it actually it, it begins you, you cut away those things and you begin to soar to new heights because even though it requires much of you, there is a spirit of power within you that enables you. All that is needed 
is that you would use your will to submit to God, to submit to what he's calling you, what he's asking of you. And as you submit, as you yield, the empowerment of his spirit is given access to cause you to flourish and overcome and be victorious and create an impact. And you know what else is really important about this impact that you were created to bring in the earth? It's unique to you. It really is. God doesn't want to make a replica of someone else and then stick them as your neighbor and get them to do your work for you. No, he He created you. He put you in the family that you're in. He put you in the household that you're in, in the neighborhood you're in, in the varsity or the school or the workplace, the city. He put you there. Why? Because there is a unique role that you need to play in bringing impact. That's why he's got you there. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lie from the enemy. It's that background noise that comes to say, somebody else can do it. Someone else is better at it than I am. Someone else is more further ahead than I am. No, that's a lie. It is the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that is inside of you, that is inside your Christian neighbor. And it's that same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. So what God is wanting to do in each and every one of us is cause us to come alive to the reality of the power and the authority and the greatness of a risen Messiah who is inside us and wanting to live out the will of God through us through our uniqueness, through our quirkiness, through our experiences, through our personality. Each one, have, each one of us has a specific role to play in bringing God's will into the earth. Okay, so now you might be asking, all right, I hear you, I hear you, something's starting to stir, but how? How do we go about doing this? Well, I'm so glad you asked, guys, because if you truly want to live a lasting um you want to leave a lasting impact. It comes down to something that is so simple and yet incredibly profound. Are you ready for this? All right. It comes down to this. You've got to obey the word of God. As simple as that sound, it is incredibly profound as well. When the word of God supersedes your own thoughts, your own understanding, the own way you rationalize things, when the word of God is the umpire over your decision making, when you obey the word of God no matter what the cost, that is when you live a life of lasting impact. So it sounds easy enough. Let's take a look at a few scriptures and see how we're doing. So what about this one? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Selah. Pause. Does your life reflect that? Are you loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength? And are you likewise loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, we're living in a time of society where self is very prominent. Self is very elevated. It's good to have a good self-worth. It's also good to love your neighbor 
as you're loving yourself. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 is particularly interesting these days. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. So glorify God in your body. How are we doing on glorifying God in our bodies, in what we put into our bodies? in how we exercise our bodies, in how we give our bodies rest, in who we let touch our bodies, in how we clothe our bodies. How are we doing in terms of this temple, a temple, not a a temporal commodity, a temple for the living Christ, the resurrected Messiah, Man, that's got to make you wake up in the morning and look at yourself a little bit more fresh. You wake up in the morning and you say, good morning, good looking. You're housing the temple. You are the temple that's housing the risen Messiah. You know, every time those thoughts come and tell you that you're worthless, tell you that your life's it's just too hard, there's nothing, nothing worthwhile living for, there's no future for you, what about all the hardship and all the trials and background noise, background noise. You look in that mirror and you say, I've been bought at a price. I don't belong to myself. This this is a temple of the Holy Spirit and he dwells within it. And the Holy Spirit's not going to choose to dwell in something that is not magnificent because we saw the temple of the Old Testament. It was magnificent. There was so much attention and detail put into the creation of that that temple that was torn down. What about the temple that the Holy Spirit decides to reside in now? You're far greater and worth far more than you actually realize. 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says, For you know that you were not redeemed from your useless, spiritually unproductive way of life that you inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased with precious blood like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. Hey, he doesn't, he doesn't like not pull punches there, hey? Peter just puts it right out there. Useless, spiritually unproductive way of life that was inherited by tradition of your forefathers. Being a Christian is not about some religious duty something handed down to you from your parents or or your grandparents, it is actually the reality that you were worth so much that God purchased you back to himself through the precious blood of a spotless, unblemished lamb, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You wake up in the morning, good morning, good looking. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit and you are a masterpiece. That's better than, it's morning again. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Are you facing every day 
with that as your reality, with that as your truth, with that being the umpire over your mind, that you are strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man? Are you doing every day in that empowerment? Because that is the word of God. And if we are obeying the word of God, if we are believing it as truth, if we are applying it to our lives and applying faith to it, then we will be living lives of impact every single day. Who wants to have a life song that says, It is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. That's what brings impact. Matthew 5:13 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way. Okay, talking to you. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. We're talking about impact. They'll see your impact and glorify the Father in heaven. You were created for impact. You were designed for impact. But then it gets a little bit hectic if you look at verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. As a Christian... Living a life of impact is mandatory. There is no hiding. There is no skimping and scraping and being behind your spouse. Or You were created to leave a lasting impact on the earth. You were meant to shine bright like the light we just read about. And, you know, as I was preparing this message, I got the prophetic sense that some people are actually quite frustrated with this. They're a bit frustrated about the situation they find themselves in. They're frustrated about the circumstances that are around them. They're frustrated with themselves because their lives aren't making as much of an impact as they actually believe that they were created for. And you know what? If you are frustrated that you don't earn enough money because you really want to give it to kingdom purposes, listen up. If you're frustrated that you don't have enough time to share the gospel and to disciple other people, listen up. If you're frustrated that you don't have as much influence on those around you as you would like for kingdom purposes, listen up. If you're frustrated with yourself that you just don't seem to care as much about the kingdom as you used to, listen up. It is time to pray bold prayers, okay? It is time to pray bold prayers. I'm talking about prayers that scare you. I'm talking about prayers that take every part of your apathy and your fear and your compromise and they crush it under the weight of who you were designed to be. I'm talking about prayers that actually you get up from them and you're like, did I really just pray that? Did I really just ask that of God? I'm talking about those kind of prayers. Prayers that are fearless. Prayers that literally crush every other thing that tries to keep you down. And prayers kind of like we see a guy by the name of Jabez. You know the story about Jabez? I'm sure you've heard about the prayer of Jabez. You find it in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. 
And it's interesting because this guy, Jabez, he, it doesn't say all that much. It's actually in a, in a genealogy that you read this, and it's just like two verses. But it's really quite substantial what you pick up from this text. It tells us in verse 9 that this guy, Jabez, he was more honorable than all of his brothers. Okay? But even though he was more honorable than all of his brothers, he had this name, Jabez. And the name Jabez comes from a Hebrew word meaning to grieve or to be sorrowful. And his mother called him that because, unfortunately, she gave birth to him in pain. I don't know how easy it was giving birth to the other kids, but clearly with this one, there was a lot of pain. All right? And, um, and can you just imagine what that must be like? Everywhere you go, when people greet you, hey, Jabez, hey, sorrow, hey, grief. Hey, it's, it's kind of got a, like a negative weightedness to it, a sense of everywhere I go, every time my name is mentioned, I'm reminded that I cause pain. I'm reminded of something that's sorrowful. I'm reminded of something. And, and yet it, it tells us that he was more honorable than all his brothers. So this oak didn't actually really deserve this name. He wasn't the guy giving his family a hard time. He was the guy who was actually really top class, you know. And... Um, and perhaps, perhaps in your life, there's some kind of grief or sorrow or pain or frustration in this area of impact. And I want to draw your attention to how he responds. How does Jabez respond to this continual sorrow, grief, frustration, negativity? He doesn't let it define him. He actually takes it and it provokes him to pray a really bold, bodacious prayer. And his prayer goes like this. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would indeed bless me. And don't only bless me, but enlarge my border and my property. And let, let your hand be upon me. And would you keep me from evil so it doesn't hurt me. And his bold prayer, God granted his request. And I'm just wondering if you would take your frustration and go before your God and pray a bold prayer like that, what would happen? Because his bold prayer redefines him. Why don't you pray some bold prayers and let it redefine you? Why don't you pray things like, bless me, Lord, ridiculously, so that I can bless others? Enlarge my border, enlarge my property, enlarge what I have so that I can take more ground for you. That your hand would be with me so that I have more godly influence wherever I go. That people would say, the hand of God is really on that person. Wow, look at that. The hand of God is wherever they go, whatever they do, we see God's hand upon them. What about praying, God, keep me from evil so that it doesn't hurt me. That as I get more and as I go further and as I advance in influence, that I will stand strong if temptation comes my way. My friends, you were created for maximum impact. If you're in the workplace, why don't you pray to God to put you in the highest position possible in your workplace? The highest position that your character can withstand, that can handle. But to put you in the highest position, don't settle for where you are now. Say, God, what is the highest position that you could elevate me to in this business, in this company? If your boss is mean or a thief or a swindler or lazy, why don't you ask God 
to promote you to become his or her boss. So that you don't have to complain about this boss. You can actually take authority over the spiritual realm there and bring change and transformation. What about in your block of flats or your neighborhood? Don't silently endure what's going on. Why don't you pray that you, God would empower you to step up and step up to the plate and support those who are making a difference, whether it's in crime or crime or, um, you know, lack of adequate services. Don't just be a, a recipient of what's going on around you and what's being put onto you. Step up in the spirit realm and pray bold prayers and rise up to be who God created you to be and bring the impact you were meant to bring. In your kid's school, if the LO curriculum is unacceptable or if the teachers are not bringing out the best in your children or if your children are afraid to go to school and they don't feel safe, Step up, step in and bring godly standards. Don't submit to the apathy that is around you. Oh, it's never going to change. That's just where we live. That's just how things are here. That's just what it's like. You know, it's not going to get worse and worse if every person who's empowered by the Holy Spirit rises up and steps up to the plate to bring impact. It'll get brighter and brighter. When the background noise is discouraging, let your life song sing. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. Do I have time? I'm out of time, but I've got a a really cool little story to share with you. Should I, should I share the story? Let me hear from the, should I hear, okay. Easter Sunday is a little bit longer, huh? Okay. So I recently met this fascinating mom. Okay, she's impacting a local high school um, in a beautiful way. She joined up with a, a prayer group at the school and they began to pray for the school, a bunch of moms. And as they began to pray, God began to open up scope for them to to realize that there were different things going on. And um in in September last year, she felt this little God nudge to say Ask the boarding establishment master if there are any high school boys who might want a Bible. And she thought to herself, high school boys wanting a Bible. Right, there can't be that many of them. No problem, God, I'll step out and ask. So she said to him, listen, I just felt to maybe ask if there are any boys in this boarding establishment who might perhaps want, I don't know, a Bible. And he was like, uh, okay, I'm happy to ask. Fifty boys said, yes, ma'am, I would like a Bible. So she was like, okay, awesome. Now I've got to get 50 Bibles. I thought maybe like five, ten boys might put their hands up. Now she had to get 50 Bibles. So she took it back to the little prayer group and they prayed. And, and one of the other moms was like, hey, no ways. I just found out that my church ordered Bibles and they over-ordered by 50 Bibles. Let me see if they would donate. So they donated 50 Bibles to the boarding establishment. Then another mom in the prayer group said, well, you know what? I'm going to ask my church that maybe we could give some faith for the daily livings so that the boys have a devotional that they can follow while they're reading their Bibles. And so 50 faith for the daily livings 50 faithful daily livings were given to the boys as well. And, you know, each one of those Bibles was personally inscribed to the boys. And those boys were presented with those Bibles. And as this mom was sitting there 
And as she looked around at these boys receiving these Bibles, she just felt God's love for them. No parents around, no siblings, just just these boys, you know, being having a camaraderie in this boarding establishment. And she felt like that there should be something more that was going to happen with these boys. And so she said to the BE master, hey, what if we gathered these boys on a weekly basis and we just encouraged them? He was like, okay. And so she started. Every week she goes and she meets with those now 60 boys and through a mother's heart, she encourages them and she inspires them and she calls out the gold in them and she helps them to know that they're seen and they're valued and that they're champions and they're world changers and they're going to do something significant with their lives. And she offers to pray for those who are going through a hard time. And there were a couple of boys at the end of last year who weren't in a very good place. In fact, um, they were there on sporting scholarships and um, they were about to be expelled because boys can sometimes be very naughty. And um, these boys were being very naughty. So um, they were actually being expelled. And she stood in the gap as a someone who would pray for these young men and someone who would advocate for second chances for them. And miraculously, they did not get expelled, but they all had their sporting scholarships revoked. And for one particular boy, that meant that he would not be able to come back to the boarding establishment and subsequently wouldn't be able to be at that school. And he's in his last years of school. And, um, and she just, she just really felt this, this weight on her heart from God that, that this would be someone she must, she really needs to stand in the gap for. And she did. She stood in the gap for him and she, she advocated that, um, that somebody else step in and cover his scholarship and, and she really just prayerfully was a mum to this boy. And someone stepped up and they, they paid for that sporting scholarship and, um, and he arrived back at school at the beginning of this year. And then she, she checked in with him and she said, hey, you know, I believe school's being delayed in going back now. Um, are you okay? How's everything back home? And she said, well, he said, ma'am, I'm, yeah, it's, it's a bit tough because, to be honest, where I live, we, we don't have much and we actually we don't have any more food. Now, this is a young sporting scholarship chap. And, um, and she just was like, okay, well, let me pray. And she got together with her, her prayer group again and they prayed and they rallied together and they networked and they found out that he wasn't alone. There were actually a couple of other boys and they got food vouchers for those boys and those families and they sent them back home for that period of time before he had to come back. And um, I just want to show you a little video, a little short little clip of this amazing cricketer. Um, and this was captured on Instagram this year. Oh, he's got another one. Oh, oh my word! God. What a catch yes. that is! <laughs> we were, we were just talking. Man. We were just talking about the knee eye full tosses. Always yeah. gets wickets as well. Those, those that guys. is an unbelievable <laughs> take by the young man. I cannot believe his his misfortune. That is an amazing catch. He's gone almost guys. goalkeeper style with the wrong hand. Oh, he's still there. Okay. Guys, look at that. Look at that athletic ability. Look at that sporting potential. Look at what God's created that young man to do. But you know what? If this mum hadn't have heard the God prompting, hadn't have stepped up to the plate, stretched, gone beyond her own family, that young man would probably be expelled. He would probably be 
roaming the streets somewhere, just wasted potential, wasted gifting, but she stood up, she stood in, she obeyed the word of God, she allowed the spirit of God to take her into something beautiful. And I can't tell you what's happening in that boarding establishment because as she stepped up, a company of other moms have got around her and there is so much impact happening in that boarding establishment. It is beautiful, it's amazing. And it's not just her story. Each and every one of us has got God-impacting stories to outwork. Amen. All right. I am going to invite Langer and Knox to come up now. But I want to, before I hand, as they're coming up, I'm just going to share this with you. When you pray, God, enlarge my territory, increase my scope of influence, increase my authority, Give me more capacity to make the difference I was created to make. As you begin to pray bold prayers, you will find the breath of God behind you and you will realize that you are actually more equipped, more empowered, and more able than you thought you were. Amen. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.